Kmart, Kmart, Kmart. Yes, Aini. Grabe, nakakainis. Ano? Bakit? Eh kasi, napakainit naman ngayon. Every year, palala na lang ng palala. O nga, Aini. Ang init. If only there's something we can do about it. Welcome to... Sintalks. All right, and we are live. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast titled Syntax, and this is our second episode. Again, I'm your host, Mark Brillantes, and my co-host with me, Aini Dudang. Aini, how are you? Hi, Kriya Mark. So far, I'm doing good. Pero napapansin mo ba na ang init talaga ngayon? Actually, yes, Aini. Of course, we're approaching summer now, but of course, apart from summer, this also reminds me yung capstone defense ko a few weeks ago. But this does not compare. Kidding aside, enough about us, Aini. I've been looking forward to this podcast since we have not one, but two very special guests with us. Same, Kuya. Ang alam ko, they are specialists when it comes to the topic of our podcast today, which is sustainable engineering. That's right, Aini. So without any further ado, let's introduce our speakers. First up, Mr. Jonathan Ko, the proud owner of Sentinel Upcycling Technologies. Hello, everyone. Also here with us today is the founder of Ideal Materials Recovery, PH, as well as an engineer from the Sentinel Upcycling Technologies, Engineer Jade Castro. Hello. All right. So, speakers, how are you? Thank you for accepting our humble invite to this podcast. We're doing fine. Thank you for having us. Sakto, no? I think it's timely to have this podcast ngayon. I'm sure you've heard the news about C. Peter Kalmus together with other scientists who got arrested for protesting against the financing of fossil fuels of a bank in Los Angeles. And since the protest, I've noticed that there has been a lot of buzz about climate change and global warming in social media, like the hashtag Let the Earth Breathe went viral, and there have been a lot of posts on how students or like ordinary people like us can help save the planet. Like, delete unimportant emails, use Ecosia instead of Google as our search engine, and so on. Let me ask um, our two speakers today, what is sustainability to you? Uh, maybe Mr. Jonathan can go first. Sustainability, for me, this is the guiding principle in, in what we do. In a nutshell, it's about meeting the needs of the present without compromising the needs of the future. So that means... We should be able to live a good life, but not at the expense of the future generations. Okay, thank you. That's really um, a good definition. How about you, Miss Jade? My, ang ganda na ng definition ni Sir Jonathan eh. <laughs> <laughs> but sustainability to me is more or less the same. Continuing or progressing the needs of humanity without compromising the existing natural environment. Mm, yeah, that's a very good definition. Yeah. And I think for me, man, sustainability, I think in one sentence, it's like living without leaving a foot behind. And of course, as engineering students, yeah, um, it was ingrained to us. Pina concept ng sustainability is actually the core of engineering. And with that said, um, can I ask, in your own words, what then is sustainable engineering? Jade, why don't you take this one? Oh, okay. Sustainable engineering is using the concepts of sustainability that Sir Jonathan defined and incorporating those into processes and systems that meets the needs of 
humans presently, but without, like I said also, compromising the current natural environment. So sustainable engineering builds upon that principle and the potential applications of sustainable engineering includes environmental management, smart cities and infrastructure, remediation of existing waste and water treatment, and including energy then. Those are the applications of sustainable engineering. Okay, thank you, Paul. And to put it simply for our listeners, sustainable engineering is the process of designing or operating systems such that they use energy and resources sustainably. Basically, guys, it's engineering with sustainability in mind. And speaking of which, since you both come from the same company I mentioned Ganina, Sentinel Upcycling Technologies, can you tell us more about it? Like, how did you guys start or what does your company really do or anything else you want to add? First, let me clarify something. No, I'm not the owner of, of Sentinel Upcycling Technologies. I'm the project head. So the, the story of uh, our origin story started about eight years ago. So as a, as a background, our family has been in the plastics manufacturing industry for 58 years. My Lolo started it in 1964 in a garage, basically. Probably no bigger than the LaSalle classroom. It was a very humble beginning. We did a lot of things. I won't get into the details. But what I would say for the purpose of our topic, recycling has always been a part of the plastic manufacturing process. Because when you run machines, you create startup waste, change over waste, shut down waste, and you trimmings no products. No? You you simply bring that back to the start of the process and melt it again and use it to make the same product. In a nutshell, that's recycling in a very closed system. Cut to maybe 45 years later, we got contacted by one of the service providers of a fast-moving consumer goods company. This company is Mondelez. They are the brand owners of Tang, Cadbury. They, they asked us, well, you make furniture, right? You make school furniture. We said, yes, we, we make school furniture. Have you tried making it out of a single-use sachet? I'm a plastics engineer by by training. So, you know, as, and, and you're an engineer. So, our answer to any challenge is Let's see, right? I mean, we're problem solvers as engineers. So if you have an idea, well, I have a rough idea how to do it. Okay, let's try it. So long story short, we succeeded and that became the Tang Recyclas project. And Mondelez won an Agora Award. If you don't know what an Agora Award is, that is like the Oscars of marketing yeah, so the, or, or advertising. So Agora Award. That was a one-off project. We finished the project, ended it, got paid that. About two years later, Nestle, specifically Bear Brand, contacted us. Naman. And uh, they wanted a similar thing. But they wanted more content of single-use shit. And so again, we'll try. We did it. And that became the Bear Brand Tea by Chair. Now, around this time, there was a lot of attack in the plastics industry. This is around the time when uh, plastic bags were being banned all over the Philippines. It started in Manila and then the rest of the country followed suit. Not all, but, but a lot. No? So in, in, in our industry, that represents hundreds of jobs, if not thousands of manufacturing jobs. And knowing what we know about the recyclability of plastics, we know that technically it was possible. So the question is, how can we do more of it? And the answer to that was the pillars of Sentinel 
uh, upcycling technologies, which is sorting at source, aggregating at the barangay level, keeping it sorted, and finding a buyer that will pay the highest price for it. So we call that the recycler-centric or manufacturer-centric waste management system. So we decided to commercialize it, and that became our advocacy. You see, there are two sources kasi of recyclable plastic. So there's the industrial uh, sources, the factories like us, uh, and the post-consumer sources. So your households, your school, churches, malls, and other establishments. It's actually more expensive to source from post-consumer because we practice a single stream waste management system in the Philippines, which means all the waste goes into one bin. And so in order for us to sort and clean and everything, uh, you have two choices. You can build a big factory that does all of that, or you can involve the community to to do that. So around this time, there's a lot of material engineering that goes into it. Kasi andami classing recyclables. And so we were fortunate enough to be introduced to Jade. And she's a very brilliant lady. She has, more importantly, hindi naman more importantly, but equally important is she has the heart for doing the kind of work that we need to do. And so she was gracious enough to join us. And so here we are. And uh, I'll let Jade take over. Oh, okay. Hello. While working with Sentinel, yun nga, they're sourcing, they're trying to source as much post-consumer waste as possible to incorporate into the durable products. Pero as, as Sir Jonathan mentioned, it's, it would require a lot of um, labor or would need to establish a new factory entirely for it. So yung nangyari was one of my neighbors actually planned a community collection and so i volunteered at the site saw the different waste or plastic recyclables supposedly that my neighbors were giving and i found that sobrang baba talaga ng material literacy in normal residential households that people don't know what exactly constitutes as um, a recyclable material usually kasi yung um, mga dumadaan na nagko-collect, sinisigaw lang, um, jario bakal bote, di ba? But what about the plastics? What do what do we really know about um, recyclable plastic? So, I supplemented um, yung work ko sa Sentinel by starting Ideal Materials uh, Recovery PH with sustainable uh, post-consumer waste supply chain in mind, which means that the waste that we collect in communities should be able to go directly to the manufacturers who are able to recycle them instead of being put into landfills or worse, natatapon lang sa mga uh, waterways natin. So yeah, we have a clear path for these materials. And I think that it's very sustainable in nature because instead of using raw virgin plastic pellets which are made using fossil fuels that you mentioned earlier people are protesting the financing of we're able to create plastic products using existing um, materials already so we're doing we're doing our best for the environment <laughs> all right thank you for that um i understand bona yung companies new it's like they're very Closely linked together, am I right? Sentinel upcycling and yung ideal materials. Um, I appreciate na you're very closely involved with the community. Pero can I ask, like through the years or throughout the years, how did your company grow? How big is it now? 
in terms of number of workers or how much plastic do you process? Can you give us, or just for a reference na lang sa mga listener natin? Sure. I can actually give you, we just did a business review this afternoon. So I can kind of give you accurate uh, information. All right. So so we started the commercial operation, yung nga, eight years. Well, I would say mga five years ago. So to date, we have rescued a hundred and 20 tons of single-use sachets. So you can, 120 tons, uh, each sachet is like 2 grams. Okay, so that's millions and millions of sachets already. We have produced with that around 52,000 different products, ranging from school furniture to trash bins, our basurahan gawa sa basura, pails, benches, pallets, monoblock furniture, what else, um, hangers. So mga 52,000 pieces of durable products. So you're kind of keeping the recycle, uh, the, the single-use sachet out of the landfill, out of the co-processing plants, right? And uh, that equates to about 120 tons of materials. Now, the core team na naka-focus talaga doon, so there's three of us. So there's, I'm the project head, and then we have uh, Jimmy, who's the sales head, and then Jade, who's the material scientist or materials engineer. And then we share facilities with our parent company. This is not this is not a, a startup, uh, the conventional like naka bootleg. No, this is within an established company. We call it intrapreneurship as opposed to entrepreneurship. So it's a business within a business. So it's a project within the larger uh, scheme of the business. You can think of it as a startup uh, within a larger corporation. So we share uh, facilities with our parent company. And uh, the people that are involved with this project, numbers around 30 person. We have, we're very proud of the fact that our partnerships with groups like IDEA has grown over the years, I think we now have 12 partners. So some of them are quite famous, like uh, Plastic Flamingo, Green Ants, Green Space, Humble Sustainability, Trash Cash, Alon Arrow Club, and several others. Oh, uh, I shouldn't forget uh, My Basorero, which is uh, under BEST, which is also a, a substantial operation uh, all over the Philippines. And we, we work with companies ranging from big multinationals like Mondelez, Nestle, Procter Gamble, Coca-Cola, Pep, no, Pepsi, to individuals. So these are households, uh, these are retirees, these are SMEs that work with us. It's a good cross-section of what it should be. Like everyone is specializing in something but working towards the same goal, which is, as corny as it sounds, uh, saving the planet. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to save the planet from ourselves. Right? It's not saving the planet for the planet's sake. The planet will be fine. Right? We're saving the planet for humans. I say we cannot survive in such a filthy, filthy place. But the planet is the planet. It's going to be there without humans. So, yeah, that's a brief uh, answer to you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very detailed answer. But <laughs> thank you for bringing up yung sa, um, about saving ourselves. Say, I was reading up. Like I think it was a few weeks ago, and there was this uh, foundation. Like they did the research. It was called the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and they said na by 2025, which is like less than three years away, um, there would be one ton of plastics for every three tons of marine life in our oceans. 
And that's in 2025 now, so just around the corner now. And then going on that, um, you also brought up yung mga partnerships niyo with FMCGs and of course yung, yung mga on the community or barangay levels. And that said, um, can I ask, in, in your humble opinion, who has the bigger responsibility or is there anyone we, sh- we should be putting more pressure on to move to a greener or sustainable future? Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. Okay. So in the idea of the circular economy, as you mentioned, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, they're one of the, the primary resources for explaining the circular economy. So in it, everyone has a role to play. Manufacturers, engineers, designers, consumers. You want to be able to create a closed loop of material flow. So on the manufacturing end, um, there's legislature and policies being pushed for what we call extended producer responsibility. So in EPR, these, these manufacturers will essentially be responsible for the waste they put out. Meaning, um, if they're producing something, they have to be able to collect it and make something out of it eventually or make sure that it doesn't go into the environment after people use it. But then again, the difficulty in implementing EPR is once it's out in the market, once it's it's in the hands of the consumer, they have very little control over that. And so that's where uh, consumer responsibility comes in. And that's what I'm pushing for under Ideal Materials. I want people to have a better responsibility over the materials that they use. Usually, kasi it's a, the current linear economy model we use is use, I take, use, and dispose. So what happens is that people don't really care where it came from or where it will go after They're just using it in the moment, sometimes for seconds lang. Um, Think food packaging or plastic bags. Consumers also have to share the responsibility in making sure that the materials they use don't end up in the environment. So that includes sorting at the source and properly putting aside recyclables so that the companies who are responsible or under EPR can actually do the work that they're supposed to do. So yeah, everyone has a role to play in saving the world. Yes, it takes two to tango. Hindi anything. Companies lang. Siyempre, uh, us consumers, we also have a role to play. And I also watched something na it was a presentation of Miss Jade. I remember her saying na, for example, uh, lalabas tayo sa mall, bibili ng food, milk tea, in containers, uh, plastic containers. When we use it, after we use it, we're gonna dispose of it na. Like, we're not gonna care about it anymore. It's like, uh, I think, as I remember, it's like detachment, material detachment. And going back to what Mr. Jonathan said about your company has about 30 people, um, I'd like to know, po, how big of an impact can one person have? Before that, can I say something about sure, po, sure. Uh, and it produce responsibility? One of the key aspects uh, that is not talked about enough, with I, I think, you know, with, with extended producer responsibility, is that because our current system already costs 
a certain amount, right? In hauling fees, in tipping fees, and all of that. And so one of the key things that uh, extended producer uh, responsibility law provides for is our, our fund uh, to pay for the proper handling and disposal of the waste. So what we try and, and advocate for is the proper allocation of those funds. Okay, so uh, what do we try to, uh, what are the details of that? So number one, we would like to have some of those funds go towards incentivizing companies who want to use more environmentally friendly alternatives. Like for, for example, yung mga milk tea, mga ganyan. Those, uh, those containers are either number one plastic, PET, or number five plastic, um, PP. All right? Both of which uh, are recyclable, pero you have to have uh, extra effort and extra resource to clean it up. So what if, what if after you've consumed it, you can throw it in a compost pile and then it goes with the food waste and it ter- gets turned into compost, right? You don't have to clean it. You don't have to uh, sort it. You just have to throw it together with your food waste. So that is for me, uh, for that particular application and the similar applications that my direct food contact, it's better. What's the problem? Mas mahal yung packaging. Mas mahal. And what, why, why is that? Uh, because the volumes are low. And so they don't have economies of scale. And so you need temporary subsidies to generate consumer shift. So that's one of the ways. Uh, we call this environmentally preferential purchasing policies. So in a nutshell, that's what we try to, uh, to advocate for. I totally agree with uh, Jade that um, everyone has a role to play because uh, everyone is either a producer or a consumer. We are a producer of something or a consumer of something. And uh, it's true that we need to care about what we purchase in light of how will we dispose of it after it has served its purpose for us. And so that kind of mindset is necessary. And then the EPR is supposed to provide the funds to accelerate the change that we want to have. So on to your next question. How much of a change can one person have? One of the things I have encountered doing this for about eight years is when you start getting people to sort their waste, they realize how much plastic they, they use on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis, okay? So we are a planet of about 7 billion people, right? So even a simple sachet that is 2 grams multiplied by even a billion users na lang, a billion users is, what is that? Like a million tons or something or 100,000 tons or 200,000 tons. That's still a lot, right? So everyone has an impact because not so not not only for the amount of waste that they are generating over their lifetime but in the effect they have to their neighbor so there's a network effect to this right and so the person is not just an individual a person is part of a community and you have to factor that in so one of the things i like to illustrate this with is in our factory i make it a point pag may kalat sa sahig you pick it up i ask Everyone, pick it up. Why? Because the next person that comes sees the kalat on the floor is more likely to add to the kalat. Whereas a person, para may a person going into the same space, na malinis na malinis siya, would hesitate be the first to throw 
you know, kalat on the on the floor. And so what can one person make? What difference can one person make? A lot of difference. A lot of difference. But you have to have the right mindset to, to recognize the impact that one person can make. All right. So thank you for that. Going off yung, yun nga, since na mentioned niyo po yung mindset, um, I also watched yung, I think, yung same video from Engineer Jade here. And it was from the Facebook page. If you go on about the mindset nga, of people so you know once um once we use it we don't really care where it goes because for most of us like once we put it in the trash bin or, or like or what do we see from there like parang out of sight na agad sa atin. and then once they collect it yung parang mga collector once they've driven off our street parang that's the last we see of it so there's such a huge disconnect nga with the Like, we never see the waste again. So we think, okay, someone else will take care of it. Parang pinapasa natin yung problem to other people. And then, yung isa pa is, can I ask? Kasi there's this, uh, there was this book I've read. Um, it was about yung habit formation. And it brings up, like, if you want to create a change sa habits mo, like, you... One thing or one powerful thing that you can do is to engineer yung environment mo mismo. So, uh, for example, like if you're trying to go on a diet, instead of just resisting yung sweets, like you can simply get rid of the sweets in in your house. So, parang wala nang temptation. Going on that, is there an equivalent that we can do in terms of plastic usage? So, for that, I think, important kasi yung establishment of infrastructure for solid waste management that's what you're looking for so yung infrastructure na yon is implemented usually by LGUs which are the main uh, collection responsible people sa city and this this infrastructure uh, their their guidelines basically on how they collect waste is usually based on a guide set by the National Solid Waste Management Committee. So that's, that's I hope that answers your question, Mark, that that's where the environment has to come in. Um, it's dictated by the higher powers of our government, but it doesn't have to be. We have um, community initiatives because we, we see the current system and we know it can be better. So that's where I started. I saw that there was an opportunity for my neighbors to learn better solid waste management. And so I helped start, teach them how to do it. And then, And then that also, yeah. there's, we have to talk about uh, in, in habit formation. We have to talk about incentives and disincentives. There are many, no? There's the feel-good uh, aspect of it that you know you're doing the right thing. There's the social aspect of it, like, oh, everyone around me is doing it. So I have to, you know, you don't want to be left out. And there's the economic incentives also, which, which let's face it, it's, it's important. If you're trying to solve uh, a, a specific problem like single-use sachets, uh, many of the users of single-use sachets are CDE market because that's all they can afford, right? So this level of people, uh, you, you cannot just preach to them. Because there's, they have so much going on in their lives. They, have, they live such hard lives, especially if you live in the city. So uh, it's not that they don't, they, it's just that they're, they, they don't have the, they have the desire, but they don't have the means to do it. 
and you have to make it as easy for them as as possible. When they start seeing uh, somebody's really supporting them and incentivizing them to do it, a lot of them actually ad- uh, adopt it. Because um, they're right? Of course, the the economic incentive to more affluent groups in in our society that may not be their primary motivator, right? So you have to find the right incentive or disincentive to build the habit that you want in a particular group of people. And speaking of incentives, I was doing research because, uh, like late last year around November, and with regards to the plastics industry, there's like thousands of companies that, of course, use plastics, but at the very core or the very root of the problem there's about 100 companies that make resin with that said and yung mga sinabi niyo po earlier in the podcast that it's much more expensive to make plastic from recycles or from recycled materials is there a possibility for those let's say 100 or so companies to send a price signal for the other companies so let's say They increase the price of yung parang virgin plastic uh, in a way na parang let's say yung itatas ng pressure for the consumer is let's say around 25 cents. But then for the ones who actually get it from them, parang mas mataas pa yung price. Is there a way to quote unquote incentivize the use of recycled plastic? That's a very complicated question. When you talk about incentives, kasi you're going against free market forces. We have set up our society as a capitalist free market force. World Trade Organization, free trade agreements, and all of these. So what has happened is that we have created a global supply chain. And these global supply chains have led to the commoditification of certain goods. The price is globally set, like oil. Oil is, a, is globally set because everybody needs it. So let's set a price. If you won't buy, this is the price. So it's decided on by associations like OPEC because they hold that commodity. It's the same thing with coffee. It's the same thing with oh, like memory, like DRAM, SDRAM. These are now commodity. Same thing with uh, certain types of plastics like uh, the one, two, three, four, five, six. These are commodity, especially PET, HDPE, and uh, PP, and LDP. And PVC. So these are the six. And polystyrene. These are uh, commodity plastics. So these companies will sell to the group that will buy it at the best price. That's just how they do. I mean, they 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 have a they have a, a fiduciary duty to their shareholders to maximize the value of the capital that the shareholders have put in. To so the more left leaning viewers, that's like no, it's not supposed to be, but it is. That's what it is. What what needs to happen? So government needs to step in, right? Government needs to step in, but in order for government to step in, they would have to convince the voters. Uh, assuming it's a democratic society, they would have to convince the voters that this is important enough. Now, okay, we will use your, we will use your tax payments part of it to incentivize. The other way to do it is through uh, a deposit system, wherein you. Consume something, you pay a deposit, you return the item, you get the deposit back, and those are all, in my opinion, stopgap measures. We have an opportunity with all of the plastic waste, quote unquote waste, that's being generated. 
to do what is called urban mining. And, and we have urban miners already in our midst. These people are called waste pickers. Ito yung mga namamasura nangangalakal. You see them in some communities, when you put out your waste on the street, naka-plastic bag or naka-garbage bag, people will come, open it up, and look for the useful stuff. That, in a nutshell, is, is urban mining. Right? But uh, that causes a lot of pollution, right? Because it's not like after they make kalkal the plastic bag, they put everything back in. They, they get, take what they can, maybe fix it up a bit, and then leave it. And then the dogs come and all of this. So uh, what we really need, in my opinion, is a community-based, home-based, point-of-consumption-based cleaning and sorting solution, uh, system. Not so much a system, but a, a culture of doing that. And then, yung sinasabi ni Jade na the barangays can be involved. In what? Of course, in the education, right? But more importantly, in the aggregation of those clean and sorted waste through the barangay MRFs or Material Recovery Facility, which, by the way, by law, every barangay should have. It's called Republic Act 9003. It is the law governing. It's, it's called the Solid Waste Management Act. It's the law governing all of, uh, all of these things. So that, I think, would be the long-term solution to the, to the problem. There's a misconception that there's so much pollution, so we need, to, we need to start from scratch and do everything ourselves. No. There are existing waste management entities, your junk shops, your recyclers, your waste pickers, your barangay MRFs. It's about identifying those gaps uh, and filling them and then connecting it back to the existing waste management system. And, and that's what Ideal is doing on a very hyper-local level, and that's what Sentinel is doing on a very national level as a manufacturer and as a community organization in the case of Ideal. This podcast is very insightful, and I'm sure the listeners are learning a lot. Because I can really feel the passion from the both of you when it comes to this topic. And um, maybe the last question about, uh, due to time constraints. So, a uh, majority of the listeners would be engineering students. So, how can us future engineers help solve environmental issues? So, maybe Miss Jade could go first. Hi. Since ako yung mas mas bagong graduate between the two of us. <laughs> kasi Maya, usually kasi when you're, when you're in engineering, when you graduate, you think of it as either do I work in the industry or do I keep doing research sa academe? And what I want you engineering students to consider is you can do both, but also work toward the community and the environment. That's... That's a path that I don't think many engineers are looking at. <laughs> when you uh, graduate, I hope you consider um, doing good in wherever you are. <laughs> okay, thank you. But how about you, Mr. Jonathan? People in general should have malasakit. In general, no matter what your educational attainment, no matter what your status is in life, you have to have malasakit for your fellow person, for your environment. So that's, that's the first thing I want to say. Engineering is, a, engineering is a tool. It's no different from accounting. It's no different from 
all the other courses. These are just tools. And I start with malasakit because the, a tool in the hands of the right person can do a lot of good. And a tool, the same tool at the hands of a person with bad intentions can do a lot of harm. So you got to have the right heart. You got to have malasakit. Now, once you have that, you got to have the education. So the fact that you are from LaSalle, I, I don't want to say guarantee, but the likelihood that you got yourself a good education that can hold a candle to uh, other institutions globally is much higher already. You got yourselves a, a, a good education and you, you, you should be proud of yourselves, but don't forget to thank your parents. Okay? So that's... that's uh, don't forget that as engineers, we're supposed to be problem solvers. We're supposed to take, take an idea and apply what we've learned and to make something useful out of it. When you, in the process of making that useful whatever thing, don't forget to think about end of life. Don't forget to do your life cycle analysis in particular. Don't forget to think about the unintended consequences of this great thing that you are going to make. And uh, that's a very difficult thing because sometimes if, you, if you're a good person, you won't know, you won't know that the unintended negative consequences of your invention. Just like when Oppenheimer created the hydrogen bomb or the atom, it was supposed to, it, it, you can create energy from it really, really cheaply, or you can kill hundreds of thousands of people, right? It's the same technology. So that is what I want to say. Have, have the right mindset, have the right heart set, apply yourself. And then once in a while, take a step back and look at the bigger picture and then adjust if you think that it is necessary. Thank you. Okay, all right. Thank you, guest speakers for joining us today and for giving us some insights, nice insights, beautiful insights on sustainable engineering. And hopefully, uh, we have inspired our listeners, well, I'm sure you have, to live more sustainably. So, ikaw naman, Kuya Mark, ano bang natutunan mo in this episode? I think for me, uh, yun nga, yung insights nila, they, of course, it's very evident na what they're saying, of course, they're very, very experienced and very knowledgeable then and i like the fact that they focus on educating the communities and i think for our listeners if you go over to i think it was ideal materials ph um you can see yung mga shinishare na i think publicity materials you can see na it tries to really simplify it so that it's as easy to understand as possible and of course, it's available then in English and Filipino. So, of course, they're going for the maximum reach. Talaga. So that's what I really appreciate about their cause. It's like they're really trying to pull everyone together and achieve something great. How about you, Aini? I found hope. I mean, it may be uh, cheesy <laughs> as it is, but I found hope. It's just so refreshing to know that there are initiatives or companies, projects that um, are properly addressing the problem that we are facing right now, not just for our planet, as Mr. Jonathan said, but also for us. Because we are already sa planet natin. And it's just so nice. And yun nga, as you said, um, they emphasize the role everyone 
um, the people who are passionate about, not just the people who are passionate on this topic, but also ordinary people like us. Like, kahit nga mga bata, may part na yan when it comes to sustainability. And uh, maybe something that I would like to say, I hope the government uh, hears us out when it comes to this topic kasi, I mean, in other countries, um, they are not really believing that climate change is real, that we have a problem that we are facing right now. And I hope they try to see and they try to acknowledge that there really is a problem that we are facing na 2025 na. That's really close. Like, we need to do something about it. We need to be scared. We do not need to be uh, at ease. Sabi nga ni, ano, ni Greta na she wants us to be scared about it kasi nga, we need to do something. So, ayun. Ikaw, Kuyas, but parang feeling ko may concern ka pa? May gusto ka pang sabihin? Oh, actually, may concern nga pa. Just before we wrap things up, um, as students that are concerned about the environment, and like just as a closing note, what are the small ways that we can reduce our environmental impact? Yung mga maliliit na bagay nga. Maybe some daily habits, like, of course, for, for like, say, the younger audiences that we have, Um, what can, like, what's their little way of contributing to this cause? Uh, maybe small ways lang po. <laughs> If sorting at the source, very small. <laughs> Under Sentinel, we have this new initiative um, called Upcycling for Everyone. Uh, every week, we release pub materials um, on informing people on how they can help the environment in their own ways. And then, For the small things, we have this series on TikTok. <laughs> we have a TikTok read sa Sentinel um, called Recycle Ready. So it's it's just small things like washing out your um, used beverage carton, cutting out the stickers from your Lazada or Shopee mail pouches. But they're very, very helpful in the recycling of those materials. Um, May I also like, add, once the waste is generated, although you can manage it properly, right? With, that's what we advocate for. We shouldn't forget that uh, preventing the generation of the waste in the first place is even more important, right? Because you prevent the resource drain in the first place from the planet. So stop buying, uh, for lack of a better term, crap. Stop, stop buying low-quality Stop buying, you know, stuff that you don't really need. Stop buying stuff that will not last you a, a long time. Learn how to, and this is for the engineers, you know, learn how to repair stuff. Learn how to repair. Learn how to use a soldering iron. Learn how to use a welding, you know, a, a, a welding uh, machine. There's, you can weld plastic. I don't know if people know that. A lot of people don't, but you can weld plastic to repair it. You, there, are, there are a lot of things that, 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 that you can do, but it all falls on this idea of changing your consumption behavior. So that's one thing. And then, of course, any consumption inevitably will result in some, for, some form of waste. We can only reduce it. So that is where the upcycling for everyone comes in. Now, if you have to generate waste, make sure that it's managed properly. So it's both sides. It's the generation and then the management. In between, it's the person making the decisions. So it's a very personal thing. Everyone must do it. 
We must not leave it up to other people to manage our waste for us. Thank you, Paul, for the suggestions. And uh, for the projects, naman, we'll be sure to check them out and help if ever given the chance. So, Kuya Mark? All right, that's it from us, Aini. I think that's it from this episode. I think the closing remarks, if I will, or if I may, is that for those listening, I think, first off, get educated. Second, get involved. And I think that's where we can all start to make a difference. Yes, I agree with Kuya Mark. Uh, the listeners like this episode because me personally, I really love this episode. This episode gave us a lot of ideas and insights on what sustainable engineering is and how it is being practiced or how it can be practiced. Hopefully, this episode also inspired the listeners to live a more sustainable lifestyle and have insights on how they can reduce waste as future engineers. But before we end our episode, um, do our speakers have any social media platforms that you want to plug or promote? Please go ahead. Yes. On, on Facebook, we are Sentinel Upcycling Technologies. We also have Instagram and TikTok where we post our Upcycling for Everyone and Recycle Ready series. Um, we are at sentinelupcycling.ph on those platforms. And then, yung ideal materials naman on Facebook, it's ideal materials PH. Alright, thank you, Pat. We'll be sure to check them out. Oh, guys, listeners, check those out. Alright, and once again, thank you very much for listening. And that's it from us. Don't forget to check us out on our socials. Links are in the description box. Yup, thanks again for tuning in. She's Aini. And he's Mark. And this has been... Syntax. Catch you next time.